0: Good afternoon and welcome to From Where We Are, stories of news and cultures with a lens of Southern California and USC. I'm Zane Khan. And I'm Evan Rodriguez.
1: And we're coming to you live from Studio B in USC's Annenberg Media Center. It's Thursday, November 9th, 2023.
0: On today's show, the shutdown of Jezebel. We dive into the potential effects of El Nino and graduate students are close to going on strike.
1: All that and more today on From Where We Are. After these news headlines from Kamyar Maradi.
2: From Annenberg Media, I'm Kamyar Maradi. Israel agreed to implement a four-hour daily ceasefire in its war against Hamas. According to the White House, the ceasefire began today. U.S. President Joe Biden is asking for more from the Israelis. He is urging them to begin a multi-day pause. Biden spoke to reporters today. The pauses should allow for more humanitarian assistance to get to besieged Gazans allow civilians to flee the fighting, and possibly get Hamas to release some or all of the more than 200 hostages it is said to be holding. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin announced he will not be running for re-election in 2024. I've made one of the toughest decisions of my life and decided that I will not be running for re-election to the United States Senate. Manchin's decision could make it harder for the Democrats to keep their 51-49 majority in the U.S. Senate in next year's elections. West Virginia, which Joe Manchin currently represents, is generally a Republican stronghold. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department reported the deaths of three current and one former employee over a 24-hour period. These deaths are perceived to be suicides. According to data from First H-E-L-P, which is a Massachusetts-based nonprofit dedicated to collecting suicide data for first responders, more than 80 law enforcement personnel have died by suicide this year. If you or someone you know needs mental health support, contact the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by dialing
3: 988.
2: Music talent Jelly Roll won New Artist of the Year Award at the 2023 Country Music Awards last night. Roll opened the show and was joined by surprise guest Winona Judd to perform his song, Need a Favor. USC's Pan-African Student Association, or PASA, is holding their Diaspora Dreamland Night Market tonight from 5 to 8 p.m. at Founders Park. There will be food, drinks, beauty products and services, and henna artwork, all from Black-owned businesses. And there will be live music and performances from Andre Rakim, BLK Elites, and more. Those are some of the top stories in the news.
4: Jezebel, Jezebel. But a ringing in my ear, oh
1: Jezebel! The famed feminist news outlet Jezebel was shut down earlier today in a series of layoffs by parent company GeoMedia. Journalists of USC share their reactions and worries in what this means to feminist journalism as a whole. Susan Niorenda has the story.
5: The publication Jezebel got shut down today. The digital feminist outlet focused on stories that impact women around the world. The parent company GeoMedia cut ties because of financial reasons. This resulted in the layoff of 23 editors, including the entire Jezebel staff. Jezebel has lived on the internet for 16 years. Feminist writers freely express themselves as they cover topics ranging from politics to celebrity news. Although their last story focused on the sag After strike, there are over 90 comments of readers expressing their sadness about the end of Jezebel. Some USC community members were readers of Jezebel too, like Annenberg's adjunct social media coach, Shreen Khan, who shared her reaction to the shutdown. First, I
4: was shocked to hear that Jezebel was shutting down. And I think it speaks to the broader complication in media that we don't have sustainable funding sources. So when reporting and newsrooms rely on ads entirely, then it makes it a really unstable ground.
5: With the loss of a feminist publication, Journalists fear that this could be a precedence for other feminist publications.
4: I think in a post row society, it sucks because there's another place that we can't turn to for coverage. And I think we see a lot of women's content kind of pushed to these, to, to like single narrative sources. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we lose it, it just feels like there's an, an even greater, this space is shrinking even greater. Right.
5: Current students, such as Grace Harrington, are already feeling the impact of the publication shutdown.
6: I know there have been a lot of cuts this year, and this is definitely a loss, especially for people who want to get into that specific section of journalism.
5: This up-and-coming journalist reflects how this change may affect her career.
6: It's not great. Uh, There are hopefully other um, women's publications that can kind of take, take up that space.
5: With Jezebel's departure, student journalists have found the need to create their own space to produce the coverage that they want to see in their media representation and carry on Jezebel's mission to bring new meaning to sex, celebrity, politics, with teeth. For Annenberg Media, I'm Susan Urenda.
0: Pro-Palestinian students joined in a walkout today as part of a national movement. Meeting by Tommy Trojan to mourn those killed in Gaza. Students shared why it's important for them to show support. Issa Johnson reports.
3: De
7: This afternoon, students across campus participated in a walkout in solidarity with Palestine. Trojans for Palestine planned the walkout, promoting it on their social media platform, encouraging students, faculty, workers, and staff to demand an end to the siege on Gaza. In conjunction with the walkout, an exhibit was held in front of Tommy Trojan honoring some of the lives lost in Gaza. A silent protest followed as students made their way across campus to Marshall. We were able to talk with a student organizer about this event. She requested anonymity because she is fearful of retaliation
5: today we're very happy to be here because there is actually an exhibit that we're holding this exhibit holds like an incomplete list of all the names of people who have died so far that are known and registered in Palestine at first this list was made because the Western media did not believe the count of all the people that did die in the in Gaza area we spent like hours and hours and hours working on these papers because they were a lot of work however we were only able to get 5,000 out of the 10,000 names and we can still barely fit them in this space An array of protests on both sides of the
7: conflict have ensued throughout the last month on campus, and I asked this organizer why she thinks it's important to keep raising awareness. This is what she had to say.
5: It's so important to continue showing up because a genocide is not something that should ever be taken lightly in any historical time. If you were wondering what you would have done when slavery was occurring, what you would have done when the Holocaust was occurring, what you would have done when any genocide on Earth that occurred was occurring, you're doing it right now. It's not only Palestinian students
7: coming together, but students from all different backgrounds. Glara Carrasco, a senior at USC, explained why she, as a Latina, felt compelled to show her solidarity.
3: I'm here to show support for my Palestinian brothers and sisters. Um, I know that their population may be small here at USC, but that's why I think it's very important as a woman of color to show support because I'm not Palestinian, but it doesn't mean that we can't be here to support them. So Palestine is the most current version of settler colonialism. And as a Latina, I understand that, like, my ancestors were subjected to the same things that are presently happening to the Palestinian people. Um, And that's why when we say in Spanish, Um, De México a Chile, Palestina será libre. It's um, a saying that we are acknowledging our own roots, but also acknowledging the present that is occurring now.
7: Carrasco also emphasized that supporting liberation should be for everyone, and she will always stand up for those with the quietest voice in the room.
3: At the end of the day, we're here to say we, we don't like settler colonialism. We don't like the oppression of people but that doesn't mean that we're favoring the oppression of others. In order for all of us to rise above, we have to support the people that are below, and that doesn't mean we tear down everyone else to do so.
7: Students attending the walkout were asked to bring signs, inform classmates and professors about the walkout, protect their identity from backlash with a mask or kafia, and to abstain from interacting with counter-protesters. Event organizers made clear that their efforts will not be stopping anytime soon. For Annenberg Media, free, 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 I'm Issa Johnson. Free, free, free
0: Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Free, free, free Palestine! Free, free, free Palestine!
1: The El El Nino weather phenomenon has returned after a five-year hiatus and is expected to be much stronger than ever before, according to a NASA analysis released today which expects extra flooding and colder conditions this winter. Solana Espino has the story.
4: West Coast natives have started to bring out their hoodies and jackets in response to the quickly falling temperatures. The root of these dramatic changes? The ongoing El Nino weather conditions. El Niño is the climate phenomenon along the Pacific that's characterized by its higher than normal sea levels and warmer than average ocean temperatures. The last El Niño occurred during the winter five years ago. It was considered weak without drastic temperature changes. This year's El Niño, however, is projected to be much different. A NASA analysis released earlier today found that the 2023-2024 through El Niño winter season could cause five instances of 10-year flooding. That's a flooding event defined by its one in 10 chance of happening in any given year. This winter, cities across the west coast are being urged to prepare for an increase in high tide flooding that can swamp roads and spill into low-lying buildings and formal editorial director for The Weather Channel.
8: It's what happens as a result of El Nino, as a result of that warming water being in a different location, that prompts uh, changes in the jet stream and where storms, storm tracks go and where the, the storms actually flow. Last year was not El Nino that was causing the crazy weather we had during the winter, but uh, we've already gotten a taste of what can happen with storms like that hitting here.
4: The World Meteorological Organization reports that El Nino is likely to peak sometime between late this month and early next year. And the weather conditions could last until at least April 2024.
8: We know in advance that we should expect this to happen. I mean, that's rare for us to be able to say in the world of forecasting the weather that we can look ahead and say three months out, six months out, that we anticipate uh, an increased likelihood of these types of flooding events. You would hope that that would get people talking about it, get them to prepare individually, individuals that live near the coast. Think about what you would do if there were flooding events, at least prepare that way on the individual level. And then for municipalities, it's typically a longer term process. So it's not about sandbags for this weekend. It's more about walls and building codes and other restrictions as far as building along the coast for longer term planning. It probably is going to lead to a little bit longer than just the January, February, March timeframe. Primarily, because it takes a while for water to warm up. It takes a while for water to cool down.
4: California's economy would be affected.
8: The construction industry in Southern California relies on the fact that the weather is good or great just about every day. So when it rains, it's such a rare event that, uh, you know, it it can be very costly to schedules and things like that. There's only so much that they uh, accommodate things like rain because they don't need to typically.
4: Rain? In Southern California, they say it never... No, we won't go there. This one is real. El Nino could turn that song, that was never true anyway, on its head. Our new song could be, stormy weather. For Annenberg Media, I'm Solana Espino.
0: Graduate student workers picketed outside campus gates at three locations today. They are asking for better wages and benefits in their contracts. The grad students, about 3,000 of them, formed a union last February. and they're now in their seventh month of negotiations with the university. The students call today's picketing the last chance. They say they're ready to go on strike even if, if they're ready to go on strike if they can't get a contract that allows them to afford the cost of living. Sophie Sullivan reports.
1: Bye bye. Standing side by side. Bye bye.
9: Today, at Truesdale, more than 50 grad students picketed USC. Many of them wore red shirts with the logo of the union they've recently formed. On the back of their shirts, their motto, USC works because we do. They carried signs warning USC's administration, lights out, last chance. Out of the labs and into the streets ready to strike.
10: I don't know, but it's been said. They're advocating
9: for access to union representatives,
6: protections against discrimination, and mostly a livable wage. I have two kids and one on the way, and it's really difficult to afford to be a PhD student <laughs> and survive. Lauren White is a 30-year-old native Angelina. She's a fourth-year PhD candidate in English. Again, it's just difficult to survive, especially as a mom with, with kids. I can't even try to go out and get a second job um, to make ends meet because it's not allowed in a contract.
9: White says she's also fighting to get more protections into the grad students' contracts.
6: Usually in the state of California, your, baby, your newborn baby is covered under the mom's insurance for the first 30 days. But USC has an exception to that. So when I had my son last year, he didn't end up having any insurance coverage for the first 30 days because I didn't know that that was going to be an issue. Other issues upset White. She says she felt discriminated against for being a mother. I was told that I was the first person ever in my program to have a baby, and I had to like give a reason for why I wanted to go on parental leave and um, the timing and stuff like that.
9: At the exposition metro stop today, 26-year-old computer science candidate Anand Balakrishnan picketed. He's in the last year of his PhD program, working as a teacher's assistant and a residential advisor.
4: Getting paid like near poverty levels during the whole pandemic, and there was hyperinflation happening. I had to move a couple of times because I couldn't make rent. You should be able to make a living wage, a living uh, uh, rent, uh, pay rent, and also have good health care to be able to not worry about those things and just deal with research, which is a huge thing for USC. We create so much intellectual property every single day for them.
9: Andrew McConnell-Stott is the Dean of the Graduate School.
10: Over the past several years, our graduate students have uh, received um, uh, generous raises to a package that is already one of the most competitive in the country. And we've been bargaining with them since they formed a union in February, and we've been bargaining since April i um, looking to um, reach agreement on a number of proposals that would enhance that competitive package even further. Fifth-year
9: Cinema and Media Studies PhD candidate Jackie Johnson says she and her peers are at the heart of USC's talent.
10: We do very critical teaching labor and research labor for this university that is integral to its very mission.
9: If the negotiations don't go well, Johnson says,
10: Student workers are prepared and willing to walk off the job. Should it come to that? The next
9: negotiations are this coming Monday. Another is scheduled for the Monday after that. But if the talks are not successful, USC is preparing faculty and programs to continue teaching as close to normal as possible in case the graduate student workers do strike. For Annenberg Media, I'm Sophie Sullivan.
1: White smoke emitted from the sag After building yesterday afternoon, signifying their tentative agreement reached with the AMPTP. Earlier, we sat down with Nick Curry, a member of the Actors Guild, as he weighed in on the agreement.
0: So thank you so much for joining me, Nick, today. And yeah, do you want to just start off by explaining the situation right now with what's happening?
10: We're at a tentative deal. Mm-hmm. And I say we, I am a SAG member. I am not on the negotiating committee by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not even on a committee. What that means is the negotiating committee for SAG-AFTRA has reached an agreement in concept with the AMPTP. But that agreement, that contract still has to be voted on by SAG members. The contract has not been sent to SAG members yet. It will be in the not overly distant future. I do not know exactly when.
0: Do you have an estimate of when things might reach to a compromise, a deal, anything anything that would mean a way forward and not just in this same cycle?
10: Yeah, well, the deal has been agreed to in concept. It's okay. just that what hasn't been agreed is the contract has not been fully ratified by the union itself. That requires a majority vote by union members. We haven't had the chance to vote on it yet. That will come quite soon. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly when, but it will be quite soon. But in terms of when will the strikes end, they ended 12.01 this morning.
0: When will there be a sense of normalcy for members?
10: (sighs) That's tough to say. I think that that is dependent on some of the other stuff in the bill, or in the contract, ultimately. That's dependent on... Self tape regulations on overall audition regulations. The sense of normalcy will be completely changed if there is a regulation in the new contract, as SAG was fighting for, to have audition maximum lengths of three pages of three page scripts. Because it's a lot of work to get a five to eight page script, have to memorize it, make all of your character choices in that day. And odds are you're not going to get that role. It's. It's a different thing from any other job interview mm-hmm. it if you're trying to have one job as a plumber, you don't have to prove with every job that you can fix a sink. You don't have to go source that sink, learn that sink that you've never practiced on before, and figure out if you can fix it just to prove that you can before you actually fix before you actually fix the sink in question. That is every acting job, so the audition work that, the audition culture is going to be changed, no matter what, because that is one of the things that SAG was fighting for here. Seeing where that will go, I think, will fundamentally change the sense of normalcy, because if auditions are different, you won't get the same normalcy you had before.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I hope that, Members able to vote on it soon and we're able to get things going and whatever the new sense of normalcy is. Uh, Those are my questions. And before you leave us, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Well, yeah,
10: I think it's important to be optimistic about this. I think that the signs we've seen have all been good, but ultimately I don't want to make a defining statement until I've seen the contract. I don't want to say, wow, this has been amazing for SAG. Until I've actually seen the provisions set out, compared to what we had before, compared to what the original goals were, I'm not going to say this has been a fair and just deal. It looks like it has been, but I can't definitively say that until I've seen read and everything. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay.
0: Thank you so much. That was Nick Curry, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, all around the world. And that's all we have time for on today's From Where We Are. Ethan Wong, Daishalyn Satcher, and Nicole Bedner produced today's show. We had help from Dash Chireson.
1: Sam Bittman runs our soundboard. Tony Fajardo manages our live stream. And Derek Renfro composed our theme music.
0: Catch us live on YouTube at Annenberg Radio News, Monday through Thursday at 5 p.m. Subscribe to From Where We Are, wherever you're listening right now. And follow us on Instagram at Annenberg Radio. I'm Zane Khan.
1: And I'm Evan Rodriguez. From all of us at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are, we hope you'll join us again for From From Where Where We Are. are. So, what are you doing tonight?
0: Tonight, I am going to the basketball game. USC is playing Cal State. Bakersfield? Yes, Bakersfield. Uh, Again, I'm fighting on so hard. I'm forgetting the name of the team we're playing against because we're going to win. We're going to win and I'm going to go watch them win and I think you all should too. Yeah,
1: exactly. The home opener. Be there. Fight on. Fight on.
3: Tell what I'm going to do with it. When I got position, I'm going to have to fool with it. I
5: might cross you up and fake one way. Turn around and hit you with the MJ fade away.